Welcome to our podcast, Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange, with Sarah Raven and Arthur Parkinson. Arthur and I are going to do a podcast over this year, recording once a week on all our favourite flowers and more me than Arthur, my favourite vegetables that I pick from the garden. Arthur's not really a foodie, but I hope by the end of the year I'm going to have convinced him equally to love his veg as much as he loves his flowers. I started gardening when I was quite young, actually. I was brought up in a gardening family just outside Cambridge. And um, my father was a don at Cambridge University and and we had a beautiful garden. I was um, one of five children and uh, we spent a lot of time outside. And so gardening was very much part of my life from when I was born. And then through my teens and then in my 20s, I decided I wanted to be a medic. And I, so I went into hospital training in London in Charing Cross. And I found that too sterile and too far away from nature and too distant from the seasons. I absolutely loved it intellectually and emotionally because I loved looking after patients. But I just found the whole sterility a bit challenging. So I started gardening myself when I lived in London. And I just started, in fact, growing radishes and lettuce, cut and come again salads. And then things like artichokes, really simple things. And when we moved to Sussex with Adam, my husband, and my first daughter, Rosie, who was by then about nine months, I just started doing a tiny little garden outside our kitchen um, where I could be with Rosie, but also we could both go out into the garden because we arrived here in May. And I did these trial patches of cut flowers because I always love bringing the outside in. And that was something that I'd had throughout my childhood is is picking flowers and putting just small things in vases. And so naturally, when I moved from London to the country, it just seemed like a natural step for me to do. And I became obsessed. And because I'm a little bit sciencey and a bit of a nerd, I actually started experimenting and measuring how much I could get from each square meter. So I would pick into a bucket and see how many buckets from each patch of plants, which were over a square meter, I could get in a week. And that's really what addicted me to the plants that I love, which are annuals, because they are cut and come again. So the more you pick, the more they flower. And the one that came out top in my trial patches was Cosmos Purity. That's in a way how I met Arthur, because he also absolutely loves flowers for picking. And so, Arthur, will you tell us a bit about how you got into gardening? Yes, I will, Sarah, but you missed out my favourite bit that your husband's ever written, which is a scene that he creates of you in a phone box, I think, when you've found Perch Hill and it's raining and you ring him and I think Adam's line is, darling, I found it (laughs) after you've (laughs) driven past Perch Hill, which was very different in Adam's description and your descriptions when you first moved there. But um, yeah, I, I discovered you through your books, the, the Bold and Brilliant Garden. And it was the first book that really sort of, for me, made Wonderland come alive because it was very much, I remember looking through it the first time and thinking, this doesn't actually look like a garden. It looks more like a sort of fun fair meets florist shop meets um, decoupage, crazy Renaissance Rousseau painting. So I remember seeing that book and then I remember also seeing you on Gardener's World, sowing sweet peas, which is kind of the cut flower that I remember you for the most, really, mainly because you were doing that in a beautiful 
greenhouse and you were sowing them into root trainers, which is something I've always done ever since. And yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned Cosmos. I've just been flicking through the catalogue and um, looking at all the Cosmos varieties out there now compared to when it was Purity not so long ago, which was the, the stalwart cut flower that you used to grow. Yeah, um, yeah. No, well, I remember then, I remember doing the first ever seed catalogue here, which I think had 22 varieties of seed in it. <laughs> and um, a, a friend of mine who's a, an artist, Flora MacDonald, did a drawing of sort of flowers in a, in a quite a loose way. And I hand painted every one of these catalogues. And uh, we just printed this little A4 sheet that we photocopied and I put it in the middle and it went out to sort of a few people. But anyway, I had two Cosmos then, uh, Cosmos <laughs> Dazzler it was, wasn't it? The bright one and Cosmos Purity. Mm. And now I think in the seed catalogue, there are probably 30 varieties, certainly more than 22 varieties of, um, of Cosmos alone. Yeah, there's four pages of them, I think. Um, Are there really, really? Yeah. And where did the seed come from when you first started? Were you measuring it? A friend of mine um, who was a photographer who I did my first a book, The Cutting Garden, with, a, a woman called Pia Tried, who's Danish. She was the most wonderful one photographer. Her husband was a seed merchant, a wholesale seed merchant, and he collected seed from around the world. And, and literally, I just sent him a list. I wanted anti-rhinum this that, that was a bit unusual, a taller variety. It was called Liberty Crimson, which we still sell, actually. And I wanted the blue salvia rather than the mixed color, salvia viridis, you know, the, the one called Blue Monday now. Mm. And I wanted a, a couple of more unusual of the calendulas, like Indian prints, which I'd come across, I think maybe at Sissinghurst or Great Dixter. Anyway, I wanted um, wholesale quantities of these. And it was just the beginnings of uh, the, the sort of whole cut flower thing. That's all I did then was, was, was cut flowers. And cosmos and antirhinums were a big part. But going back to you, Arthur, how did you get into gardening? Because what's worth knowing is I am 57, nearly 58, and Arthur is 27, nearly 28. So we're not exactly contemporaries. I might be 28, but I am hankering after a lot of surgery because I already look 57, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, but I, I was always gardening because both sets of my grandparents had gardens, even though we lived in a town. And Min, my dad's mum in particular, had a very intensive vegetable garden and a, and a soft fruit garden with an orchard. So I was always exposed to that. And I remember being little and spending the weekend with my dad and my younger brother going off to the local horse stables to get a huge trailer load of rotted horse manure for Min's vegetable garden. But my mum was a graphic designer and an artist, so she was very into colour and flamboyance. So even though we had a tiny garden always at home, we'd always have lots of wallflowers. And I remember buying tulips every autumn. There'd only, you know, 30 tulips from the local shop in the town, nothing special. Queen mm. of the Night, I think, were the ones that we used to plant every year. With wallflowers off the market, there was a very good market in Hooknell Town where I come from that a nursery used to come. And so they used to always be really good plants. So we'd buy bare it wallflowers every autumn and plant them with tulips. Even though we had a tiny garden, that's what we'd do. Mm. But it was only really until I started going to the library and looking at books and finding one of your books, in particular The Bold and Brilliant Garden, that I started to think that gardening was really something that I loved to do as part of almost being an artist myself in that I was growing plants for colour and scale and shape and discovering that by growing these beautiful things that my little world could be transformed. And that's the kind of thing that I started to do from my early teenage years, really. And was your brother into it as well or was it just you? 
No, I remember distinctly Lyndon being little as a fat toddler in the pram and as leaving for nursery and Lyndon ripping the head off a, <laughs> I think it was a primula, being very upset. Mm-hmm. And Lyndon was a total, you know, little mad gruff little toddler so the whole garden that we had actually when Linda was little became a whole mud slick because he wanted to you know have digger world so you know as you've probably had with your children the whole garden close to the house becomes just like an early learning center nursery school full of plastic toys so we had that for a few years but then he he discovered xbox and you know we didn't (laughs) see him for about four years well he's a policeman now isn't he he is a policeman now and apparently he's got a garden and they live on a street that's named after a bar now funnily enough really <laughs> yeah. so he's he's getting back to nature eventually yeah, he's, he's wanting me to come and and do a weekend of gardening so <laughs> when, when we're allowed to be free that's that's first thing on the list to do and so from when you left school uh, what did you do after that i was sort of a little bit lost really i did tourism which was a way of me doing enough UCAS points as opposed to doing A-level. But that then allowed me to go and do the RHS level three in horticulture at Nottingham Trent University, which I did for a year. They'd made the course from two years into one year, luckily for me. And I discovered I really loved the propagation side of plants. And so from there, I somehow ended up being interviewed at Kew for a traineeship, which which I got. And it was that time that your books really became a daily almost Bible in order to get through studying at Kew, which I didn't realise at the time, but it was a very botanical-based course, mm. which wasn't really my style of gardening at all. Mm. I was always wanting to do more what you were doing, which is, you know, the harvest and making the harvest part of the reason that you're gardening, whereas somewhere like Kew, it's very botanical and purely to look at. I remember asking if I could cut some Alstromerium, you know, more or less being told we, we don't cut Alstromeria at Kew Gardens. Um, no. And of course, if they, they had have done, they would have had much more Alstromeria because as we know, if you pull your Alstromeria every week, you get more and more flower. You do. So I remember having your book, The Bolden Book Garden, in my locker the whole time. And that did kind of make me realise it was like, I kept looking at it and thinking, this is why you're gardening to, to do something like this, not not exactly what you're doing now. And so because London was close to Sussex, I started to come to your open days and was brave enough to approach you. I remember very fondly on the veg bank, you were surrounded by quite a lot of ladies picking your salad in a big colander. And I I emerged and said hello to you. And um, it was a friendship at first sight. I think think you'll agree with that. It was. I I remember seeing you. um, It's worth telling everyone that you don't drive, you still don't drive, yes, and it drives yes, me sh- bonkers. Shame me for that, please. <laughs> but but you, you don't drive. So you had, and you didn't have much money at the time. No. Well, that's not changed much either. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But, <laughs> but um, you, so you walked from our local station, which is like five miles. Yeah. I remember you walking down the drive and me saying to Adam, well, he doesn't look like one of our normal garden open visitors. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember spotting you. And then um, towards the end of the day, when it thinned out a bit, when most people are gone, I remember coming to find you. And um, Adam and I both sort of, yeah, both falling in love with you on the spot, really. Yeah. And Adam did give me a lift home as well. <laughs> Not home, station. but to the station. To the station. <laughs> Not all the way back to Nottingham or Kew. <laughs> no. But no, I'll never forget that day. It was incredible. And it's it's amazing to think what our open days have been like last year compared to when I first visited when it it really was like the gate open, pay at the gate and, you know, off you go around the garden. 
yeah, become yeah. a bit more different now, could it? Yeah. Well, it's still lovely here, you must know. <laughs> it is still lovely, but it's, you know, you have it's, to book online showy. and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then, as far as I remember, you were living in London and struggling a bit, and we were going off on holiday. And so I said to you, even though I didn't know you very well, why don't you come and look after our dogs? And yes. I think that's when our, our <laughs> friendship sort of cemented in a way, because you did, even though you didn't know anything about dogs and didn't particularly like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I learned I learned to love your dogs every morning when I was opening the tin of wet dog food. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the the garden was um worth worth all that and and knowing you properly. Um, but no, it was it was a lovely couple of months after leaving Q to to have put chill to myself really because it was sort of a downtime. I remember being there for days yeah. on end and I think people on holiday and Josie who had gardener had only just started. So Josie was still getting to grips with the garden as well. So it was a lovely time to, to be there because it was a, a time of not change, but, um, you know, a different sort of pace of the place. Yeah. And so then that was what, eight or nine years ago. And since then we've worked on and off together uh, pretty mm. solidly and actually increasingly really, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, even when I was working in Stoke-on-Trent for my Bridgewater, I, I used to use my holidays to come and, and work for you doing the photo shoots. So that was the main thing. I remember you getting back from wherever you'd been when I was house-sitting and you being amazed that I'd cut flowers out of the garden for you. And I always just presumed that you'd have a, a whole army of florists uh, to do that <laughs> for you. No, you were my first. You were my my first one and only army. <laughs> Lovely. Well, it's been a great friendship and we're going to have fun doing this podcast, Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange together. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange. In our first episode, which you can listen to now, Arthur and I will be talking about winter salads and hellebores.